This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome back to the Ajumat Show. We're in a bright, bushy-tailed mood today, Hedy. <laughs> Thank you for coming back. Um, we don't have any more reviews, so <laughs> That's we'll right, get right into it. No one wants to talk about how they much how much they love this free show. Yeah. We'll just get right into the show then. How about? Yes. Oh, and by the way, I'm I'm Unji Kim. And I'm Peter Kim, your angry this host. Is- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for coming back. I'm a little upset that we haven't been getting reviews, but you know what? That's just an ego thing, and I'll just take some acid and experience ego dissolution. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really a big thing. Like, a, a lot of people during quarantine seem to be like doing a lot of psychedelics. I mean, you must. <laughs> How do you escape reality? <laughs> what else do you do with this? When you're given hell, you need to seek spirituality, I guess. Or, and it's helping me feel like way less anxious about just dying in general. Anxiety is high. Huh? Anxiety is anxiety super is high. high. How? What's yeah. going on with you? How are you dealing with it? Anxiety for me is fine. I mean, I don't know. I feel like... Are you still running around naked? I am still running around naked. Good, there you go. Uh, so you're getting some whistles. Uh, some, any cat I'm calls? I'm getting some whistles. I'm getting a few like what? I got uh, I got <laughs> a what? In a yeah. good way, like what? That exists? No, it was or not was committal. it like it was not committal. What? It was a what? <laughs> like what? Why are you ruining my day? Yeah, it could yeah. be anything. Could be but anything. you know what? I, I don't really care. I just need the attention, right? Yeah, he it doesn't said matter. Something. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter what the emotion attached to it is. As, it's just energy. As, as people who have ever seen me do comedy, it really I don't really care what the reaction is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just, just up there to be looked at and sound. I need at. something from you. I need yes, something. Something. Give me something. <laughs> just give me something. <laughs> all I need. So I'm running around uh, naked. And that really has helped. Um Good for you. I have I started doing like a weird protein powders and like. Oh shit. Are you yeah. turning into like a fit queen? Yes. Okay. I'm not really. I'm not really turning into I a I could see you with muscles. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, it's not, it's not, I'm getting. I've been using like this alkalizing powder. I've been using collagen, the powder. peptides. Oh yeah, yeah. For your hair and nails? Yes. And skin. And, skin. Uh-huh. and then the alkalizing powder is for your digestive system to help. Oh, I need that. I got a you bad know, gut. Yes. Do we you all have bad have, like, guts? Is this a fucking generational thing or is it me? Everyone I talk I, to, they're like, "Ugh, my tummy's not right. I'm like, yeah, why is none it of us everyone? are eating what we're supposed to. None of us are eating what I we're feel like to. I am. I eat spinach and kimchi and fucking, um, you know, pop. Maybe there's, I mean, try this alkalizing because it did help me. I, it, the first it, couple of days, I was very gassy. Oh, but then, God, I can't do that. No, but then. Uh-huh. It released. Regular. I'm reg- regular. Food feels better. Like, you know, I, my stomach, this is part of it. You're, my, when I eat, my stomach gets like this. Yeah, expands. It expands very a lot. Yeah. And Me too. I get with, distended. Yes. Yeah. But if I, with this, mm-hmm. it's I, it's noticeable. Way less bloat? Less it's like that. Yes. Okay. Send me the link. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's good. It's like, right. so I've been taking is it this. expensive? Yes. Oh, God. I'm surprised. Sorry. <laughs> you and your fucking bougie ass elixirs and <laughs> I, th- I don't know. It might, it might have. It might. There might be a cheaper version. But I. But this okay. was. It was very. Right. But it's outside of this. I'm just focusing on body. Yeah. And also, I will send you a picture, Peter. But I, my outdoor area is. <gasps> it's complete. It's starting to be complete. Okay. Construction Ooh. began. Oh my god. I am. Bitch, I am so yeah. excited. <laughs> Wait, tell you have me. The water feature. <laughs> I know, but I can't even fucking use it. Whatever. Um, oh, right, right now, yes. Yeah, right now. Maybe we're in a war. But like, yeah. I mean, but it's more anyway, this. So give us the I'm like gonna... aesthetic. What are you going for? Uh, no maintenance. Okay, no maintenance. <laughs> like, like concrete. Okay. And turf. Like, there's no beauty to this. Okay. I will simply. I will. There will be a sectional there. I'm gonna have a fire pit, and there oh, will perfect. be like a. Yes, and it's enough. Is that going to be screening, need... outdoor movie night type of situation? Yes, we're going to try. We'll try. We'll try. <gasps> I'm yes. so excited. It's like it's a whole vibe. It's a whole thing. But really, yeah. I think I'm realizing in so much of this is to be – this is the reason why everyone got into fitness because it is helpful for you to control things that you have control over because in this time, so few things feel in our control. Right. 
And getting your yeah. heart rate up is just good for cardiovascular, for just weight loss, health, metabolism, everything. You know, like it's you. It just makes you feel better. Endorphins. So you're yeah. actually chemically inducing yourself into happiness if you're working out. I hate it. You hate it. Me too. I hate being outside. You know what I? I, hate. I would love is to just like take a pill. Yeah. To feel the what I feel after a workout. Because after a workout, I feel like a motherfucking god. Yeah. You know I what I mean? Zol- Zoloft is like that, right? <laughs> I think it's cocaine, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, I know what you mean, but it doesn't last that long for me. I, I, I don't, I, I really don't particularly enjoy exercise. No, I know I that I it. feel better. Yeah, I, truly I know that I hate feel it. better. Yeah. yeah, I know I feel better at the end. I just mm-hmm. wish there was an easier way to get there. Besides all the sweating and the kvitzing and all the fucking, you know what I mean? Like I hate the, it. And hate the it. muscles yeah, yeah. and the soreness and the joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't <laughs> do it. I was on it for a while and it felt good, but like my knees started hurting. I'm almost 40. And I'm talking to all my like late 30s friends, like Korean yeah. friends, and they're like, I go yogi sushi go, hurry up, go everywhere. Yeah. Like my hips. Yeah. My lower back, my thighs, like yeah. it's. I'm just like, and I remember my mom around when she was forty. She was like, I go up, I go to show, I go, I go, I go, I go. The I go, the I go becomes no. It's no longer ironic. It's no longer us going. I go, I go. You know, like yeah, it's yeah. like it's truly a yeah. It's like it's like a sad, defeated I go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, why am I still alive in this vessel? I yeah, yeah. It's your the lower back yogi. Hoodie and then hoodie, hoodie and hip. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that is. Yeah, like for real. And I think some of it is because, what do you think? It's all the squatting. I think it's for me posture because I hold stress, um, in my like back. I hunch. Yes. I hunch yes, a lot. Same. So if I could just fix my posture, it'd be great. But like, I don't know. That's like saying. How do you not like breathe through your mouth? I, I also breathe through my mouth, which is an issue because my I have a deviated septum. <laughs> so I can't breathe through my nose. How about this? You you sell you sell a, you you sell for uh sell shows, you sell shows, you yeah. make money in show business, yeah, and you fix your deviated septum. I'm gonna and get fix that. that immediately. My first fucking when it when this Disney channel mark my words, what yeah. episode is this? 138? Yeah. Episode 138. If this Disney Channel show gets ordered to series, the first yeah. thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to call my mom. <laughs> I'm not going to thank the Academy. <laughs> I'm going to go fix this Academy? fucking nose. <laughs> I don't know. That's people, rich people do that, I think. Famous people always <laughs> be thanking the Academy. If series, you're going to thank the Academy. I don't know what the Academy is. I th- <laughs> figured it was some kind of hagwon. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's, you're going to be thinking Kuman. Yeah, Elite Academy <laughs> from Flushing Queens, where all the rich kids went because shit was expensive. Shout out to oh, yes. Flushing Queens, yeah. by the way. This mm-hmm. episode's, here's a little call forward for you. Ooh. Um, okay, quick update from me. I uh, Yes, something we've never done on this show. <laughs> 138 episodes in, we find something new every week. Every week. <laughs> um, so I went to Idlewild to um, stay at a Bud and Breakfast. Cool. What's a bud and breakfast? It's like a bed and breakfast, but you can smoke weed uh, in the... Inside? Not inside, actually, which is weird, but everywhere common. So everyone smoking weed outside, smoking joints. Uh Uh, And it used to be an old Christian campground where they would go do like revivals and shit and retreats. And Wow, this is very much your energy. Yes, it really is. And I've been to many of those. Yeah. This one was the coolest I've seen, but... Um, I mean, that's I like that, this place is literally you, you as a as a place, as a place. Like, yeah, it used to be Christian, and now it's most like smokes weed. And <gasps> You're is, right, like, that yeah. is. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. Well, no wonder I felt so ashamed the whole time, <laughs> 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 just riddled with guilt. No, we were there, and it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. I did acid. I did the strongest acid I've ever done, and I've done acid quite a lot of times. Yes. Not to brag, but it's truly not a bag. <laughs> it actually sounds crazy, but I um it is it is a way I connect to spirituality and all that. But, yes. Um, it's a therapeutic tool for you. It is, and it, yeah. it it has really helped me a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, you're one of the people only. You're one of very few people I know that go into trips with serious intentions. intent. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, this time I went in. Last time I went in to conquer my anxiety, and mm -hmm. I I did a lot of it. I'm not saying it's gone, but I have great tools now. Yes. And this time, uh, my intention was to uh, to really sit in moments of joy uh, because I have trouble experiencing it. Like I've texted you before. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a problem for me. And it's, yeah. you know, it's something that I have to really sit with and to really reckon with. So, um, and I experienced a lot of joy. I laughed a lot. It was really amazing. But it was truly one of the most, the strongest um, ego dissolution I've ever felt where like I was no longer me like at one point someone yeah. came up to me because I was just like staring into space and he, he goes are you okay and I go yeah. I'm not here right now <laughs> 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 and I heard myself saying it yeah and I was so far out of my consciousness I was like uh -huh. what happens at a certain dose of psychedelics is yeah. as you probably already know you lose sense of ego and you mm -hmm. become part of the collective consciousness or whatever yes. you believe that is, yes. right? Yes. So I was sitting in that zone for so long, like astral projecting for so long that it was yeah. so peaceful. The whole time I was like, oh, I feel like I could breathe. And it was beautiful. And it was, it was truly intense, I will say, 13 yeah, hours. Yeah, because that's, like, that's, that's, that's the part. That's, at that point yeah. is when... What you're describing is often the times when people start freaking out. Right. You could at that point you could either freak out or you lean into it. And I yeah. went into it knowing that I wanted to separate myself from my ego. So yeah. I know what I'm chasing. Yeah. As opposed to like, what is this feeling of not meaning anything? Yeah. And I am nothing. I am bot. Yeah. You know, like so but that's what I'm going for. So it felt right. empowering and beautiful. Yeah. And when I tell you, I you know, like this like hunched shoulder thing, like mm -hmm. I was just sitting and breathing and I felt light and I felt content. It was Peter, gorgeous. Peter, you're about to become like the meanest little Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you Buddha was pretty fucking mean. He's supposed to like abandon his wife and kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was bad to his family. <laughs> I mean, that's how all of our fathers, but like, um, <laughs> <laughs> is that what dads do? Um, yeah. <laughs> my but dad like, I, I, I mean, what you're describing is like, that's like a very intense, was it intentional to take a, that much of a dose? N it was one dose. It was one tab. Yeah. But this acid just, because each acid is, it's kind of like an artist. It's a batch. It's, uh, it's a batch and they, it. yeah. they make it themselves. Yeah. So each batch is actually different. It's yeah. the same effect, but like sure. it's just a different batch. So this batch just uh, just ended up being super intense. Whereas yeah. like other stuff I've done before was very like light and, you know, I could like walk around and be in a pool. But yeah. like this acid, like when I got up and go into the house, yeah. it was the house was moving on an axis. So every step I took, I was going into a different dimension. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah, it was crazy. It, it was one of those. I, I don't want to say crazy. It's not crazy. What it means to what acid does to me is basically it stretches space and time so long that you get to look into time <clears throat> and experience it as. As a membrane, as opposed to a, a line. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It becomes a place, a place inside you can walk. Yeah, exactly. You know, people mm -hmm. say like what's happened in 1980 is happening in 1980 right now as yes. you are happening right now here. That's what I experience on acid. It goes ring and then I go, yeah. oh, and that's where the peace comes from because you don't you stop experiencing time. And when you stop experiencing time, you stop experiencing your sense in time, your, your sense of self in time. What about that is so relieving to you, though? It's relieving that. There's no, because when I'm here right now, uh -huh. I'm constantly worried to make meaning, to create meaning, to create narrative, to create bridges, to create constructs that I feel right. safe within, right? Yeah. Because that's what we do as human beings is right. 
we have to we have this forethought so we we are able to look forward and Mm -hmm. exist forward from now so that's where a lot of this anxiety comes from is you're not living here now you're living forward you're always in that forward position so you're that's why that you feel anxious right or that's why i feel anxious because i'm always living in the future because i'm always like creating these futures for myself and then either living in it or dying in it or whatever the fuck in it. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. existing. I'm spending a lot of energy, a lot of mental energy in the future. Whereas when you do acid, you are forced to be in the present because there's nowhere to go. You realize that the moment is this wide and thick. You know, like mm-hmm. each moment that happens feels like 10 years. So it forces you to relax and not think about what's going to happen next. And just experience what's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there, there's, I guess that's, that's the type of relief I don't necessarily want. Want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be I mean, right like, back truly. after this uh, break. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> So, okay, talk to me about that. You don't ever think that that's a relief worth having. I mean, like, I, I like from my own psychedelic experiences, yes, this is very, very good. I Everything you talk about when you speak about acid is, like, something I've had, mm-hmm. an experience I've had, a, yeah. an, um, a philosophy I can appreciate, and um, I understand its worth, right? Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me is how valuable you find it. Because I had that experience and it was for me like, I don't know, like it's like that was like it was not scary, but it was. It felt like. Um, like I would forget to. Come back, come back, because it's you so, always come back. That's but it's like it's, what's hard about it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. You have to because I wish I could stay in acid state forever. Because I mean, that's sort of what people who meditate all the time are trying to do. Right. That's what right? I'm like trying to get to. Monks, yeah. Most yeah. monks are doing that. Uh, yeah. That, I just can't because I have is... to participate in this world. But I'm just trying to yeah. bring, you know, like I just feel metaphorically I'm there's a Moses in, within me yeah. that's going to a mountain to talk to a bush. And I, I'm trying to bring down tablets into my life. So it, in, I, yeah, in that I'm, way, I, yeah. I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to reconcile the absolute devastation of being alive. I'm trying to reconcile that. And every time I do acid, I have more and more reconciliation that the devastation is a temporary and B um, it's I, it's of my creation. Yes. I think for me, my the anxiety that you describe of moving forward mm-hmm. is something that in the best moments when you're really busy or when you're planning, like because you and I are very much what's next people. Mm-hmm. And we like to move forward. We are also, I think you more than even I, like you're playing 3D chess. I think that's part of the reason yeah. why it's so much more stressful for you. Yes. And it creates a lot more anxiety because you're seeing yes. much more further into the future and you're making more moves. I'm, I'm seeing I'm, all the moves all yes, the time. Yes, at, at the same time. very anxiety Yes. Inducing. For me, I, I, I am lucky enough to not see it that way. I'm really, it's, my anxiety, it's almost gives me this, this anxiety gives me purpose mm. and looking forward um, doesn't give me the same sense of dread, especially if I have a handle on it, right? Like it's because right. I'm not seeing everything. For me, it's like I'm acting. I think I would play. I'm playing Tetris. <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm not playing chess, <laughs> so like okay. I can see the next thing, and I just need to figure out where it is. Yeah. And like that is very satisfying to me. The obliteration of that. Mm-hmm. And the meaningless of the actual Tetris board and the pieces um, is good for me to recognize Mm -hmm. when the game is over. Mm. Like, you know, when I just fuck up and all this stuff. So it's like, I know that this is stupid. 
Yeah. So it doesn't destroy me when I lose a game or when things don't work out perfectly. Yeah. But for me, like, I am sort of like one of those people that like the little menial things, the mundanity of existence for me um, is like meditation. Mm. Like, I think I like those little details, like the, the small little joys of things. Like, I have, I have a much easier time. And I think maybe it's because I did too much acid. Like I, Maybe. I mean, I'm I mean, trying like, to get truly, to you, sis. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, chill. Like, <laughs> like it's, I'm, there, there are many times in a day. And this might also be, be this happened after I became a parent, truly. Mm-hmm. I think I just don't think about anything. Hmm. Like, I'm truly like, just. There's You're like, in the moment. So, yes. Well, I'm yeah, that's what I'm trying coffee. to get to. I'm trying yeah. to get to that. And just be really tired. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am I mean, really being really tired. tired will make you very anxious too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I want peace. That's really what yeah. I, I want. Joy. I want to be able to do things because it brings me joy. I mean, it sounds really stupid, but yeah. Corona has really pushed me to a place where I don't want to do. I don't want to be obligated to anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want to begrudgingly do anything. You know, and that at the end of the day ends up being just a perspective switch for me. That's all it is. It's an on or off. But that's why I I rely on the acid because I'm I need that control over the on and off. And Mm. the acid gives me uh, gets me to a place where I'm like, I'm in control of the joy of the on of looking at things in this way. You know, and then you slowly come back and you really feel yourself. Hour 10, 11 your body, you start feeling your body again. It starts like, yeah. tick, 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 and then you're like reimagined into self, you know? And mm-hmm. there's almost a, not a sadness, but a moment of like, when you come back from vacation, when you're like at Italy, but at Rome, going back to the US, you know? And you're just like, kind of looking back one more time at Rome. There's, there's very something, very, there's something very special about Italian light. <laughs> Truly, especially Tuscan light. Yeah, there's. I've never been to Tuscany, but from the movie I saw with Diane, Lane. we need to do Ajuma live in Tuscany. <laughs> we must. We ha- if anyone is in Florence, please let us know. If you're still listening to this psycho babble, <laughs> good on you. And <laughs> take some acid. No. <laughs> no, I, I. This is the thing, Peter, because I welcome this because, like, this is the reason why I like young people because young yeah. people are still thinking about this stuff and your relationship to the world and mm. self and our mm. anxiety. I think so many more adults like have either figured it out and have implemented it. And mm. this is what they're doing mm-hmm. or they never figured it out. And then it continues to never be a thing they want to engage. Um, right. So like, I think that for you, it, it continues to be something that you want to work on is one like very yeah. cool. I want to constantly yeah. get better. Of course. <laughs> I know that's But that stupid. runs counter to the thing that you're trying to... <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you are better now. Yeah. I, I hope that I am better now than when I was 28, which I am. I was a 100%. fucking asshole and an idiot. I'm an asshole and an idiot now. So hopefully at 48, I'll be even better. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah, and that's just for me. Like, if you want to stay who you are, then God, God bless, whatever. Yeah. But like for me, I need that. I need to. I'm a seeker. You know what I mean? I want to know. I want to unlock. I want to. I want to have the magic equation that that nets everything together, even if it's of my own doing. I want it. That's what spirituality is, right? It's yes. like finding your own meaning within the mess. And you know, I, it used to be Amen, Amen. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, most kids that I know that were young that yeah. were very religious are like this. I'm looking for God. Yeah, I mean, because once you, especially, I had very deep faith as a child. Me so too. When you have that, yeah. So when you have that, you understand the sort of ecstasy. Yes. That comes of completely with this- knowing the truth. Truth. Yes. Whatever your that was for you. And that truth was true for me. I'm and looking it, for that it's, again. It's, it's an, it, and there's um, a, re, the, 
a religious ecstasy. And mm-hmm. if like throughout history you can see people who have experienced bouts and fits of it, mm-hmm. it looks like insanity. It looks like like or you're orgasming. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. Like it, it could be all of these things and because there's actual a physical reaction to it. Yeah. So if you are 10 and you're really fucking into Gad. <laughs> That's a fucked up kid, by the way. Yes, it but is. Probably very smart. Very smart. And very hardworking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it just means that you're also into the beyond. Meaning you're into you're, what is you're not woke. here. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You're you're awake. And you're curious, right? Yes. You're a seeker. That means you're that you're always going to be almost all the kids I knew that were super religious did not come from a Christian family. Uh, there were like those kind of white Christian people. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Almost all, I feel like most kids that I knew that were like that all got into drugs, got mm-hmm. really into some sort of like very high levels of education. Yeah. It was like all, there was like a parallel to it. Cause they're yeah, all you want to know more. You want to know. You're not satisfied. Also, you understand at 10 that there's something to know. That's exactly it. At a very young age, I was like, okay, so this isn't it. You know, like you, it's like it's like you've given you're you've given like these special glasses to see yes. through everything and you're like, okay, so I have to figure it out now. Cause this obviously isn't it. And at ten, the only things that the only tools you have are to go to a church or to yeah, find You can't God. do LSD. You can't do LSD, right? I mean it's like when you're a ten and that's the thing, of course you're gonna take that. Because that's what something you can take a hit off of. Right. Versus like, you know, and I remember talking to this guy. He was having a really intense, um, it, was like a, it was a mushroom trip, and he was like maybe like 21 or something, mm. and it was like the first time he'd ever thought about how beautiful God is, mm. and he started to just weep uncontrollably, and I remember being like, I, was, I felt so bad for him that he'd never thought about it before. <laughs> you know what I mean? I remember yeah. feeling so much pity for him. I was just like... Wow, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, and you gotta experience God, where like everyone is wearing sandals. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man, that's you know, I, you know, I mean, in a whatever, time of pandemic, this is like the you know, you're faced. I am faced with mortality. A, a global consciousness is facing mortality at a daily rate. You know, yes. and that's why I'm seeking God because, you know, I'm feeling an imbalance in the world. There's a there's a yearn, there's a global yearning for meaning right now, and yeah, and we're all at home with ourselves way more. Yeah, exactly, and you were navel gazing and fucking, yes. you know, doing the whole damn thing. So, yeah, it, it. I mean, I've always been this person, but now with in California, mm-hmm. with access to nice, clean LSD. Yes. I'll tell you what, it's nice to, it's nice to see God once in a while. <laughs> and I did cry. <laughs> <laughs> did you cry? I always cry. But like, what? not out of sadness, out of right, like. Right. Joy. Joy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like being able, imagine like holding your breath for so long and then you <gasps> breathe, like so how much tears would come yeah. down because yeah. of just relief. And yeah. Wow. Did, did LB also have a good experience? Was his- great. Everyone, everyone. No one had a bad experience. Everyone was crying and we were screaming and laughing and dancing and singing and harmonizing. And some people were rapping. Like it was 13 <laughs> hours of just stu- absolute inane stupidity. If anyone watched us, they'd be like, okay, liberal hippies gone awry. You know what I mean? People would look at us and be like, they should be institutionalized. Yeah, and, and these are the people that are trying to get rid of Christmas. <laughs> yes, exactly. I get it. I get it. I get why the right and the why the fearful are scared of LSE and scared of us because we completely acted like maniacs. And, you know, as a third-party observer, you would look at these group of people and be like, they've gone mad. LSD yeah. has drawn them to psychosis. And maybe... It did. If psychosis means bouts of uncontrollable laughter every fifteen minutes, <laughs> and I th- mean that. that is that does sort of mean that. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Is Leonardo Nam and Leonardo Nam? Guys, I'm Leonardo Nam. HBO's hit series Westworld. 
So I personally have only started to uh, understand the concept of white male privilege and in an, it's something that I grew up in Australia, yeah. which is uh, predominantly white, but yeah. you know we are a very inclusive country. Mm -hmm. And yet there also has been a ceiling for me oh, that yeah. I just assumed was part of the structure that had always been there. Mm -hmm. All right, hey guys, we're back. Um, so today I, um, you know what? I, <laughs> this person is also my kick-ass Korean, so I'll go mm -hmm. into them later. But I wanted to talk about this um, this initiative happening in my hometown, Queens, New I, York I saw City. This. this was very cool. Yeah, so cool, and it's exactly what like you were talking about with your parents and yes. the Chicago like Korean community and Black community, and how interdependent the communities have been, and how yes. this kind of anti-blackness rift has been going on for a very long time so yes. whenever i see stories like this where koreans especially korean americans are reaching out to be anti-racist and also actively anti-racist and also to start the healing process by admitting to the tension between our people and the ethnicities for culturally going on for decades in america um and you know, this has been an issue in all big cities, but especially in uh, in Queens where I grew up. Uh, so what's going on there is the there's two state assembly members, Ron Kim and Alicia Hindman or Hindman, uh, along with Charles Yoon, who's the president of the Korean American Association of Greater New York. They've all come together uh, to broker this community partnership plan um, that uh, that is associated with this beauty supply store, which is my first job, mm -hmm. by the way. Trivia really? question. My first job ever, 12 years old, I was stocking nail, um, what is it called? Nail polish boxes and boxes of them because I was in a warehouse okay. that, that, that that would be later be shipped out to nail salons all over the greater okay, New York okay, okay. So UniQ, which was the name, and I worked for one week, and uh, the Monday that I was supposed to go back, I was in the shower, and my nose started bleeding, and I was like, oh, my, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the life for me I have to use yeah. my brain I cannot be wheeling this truck around At 12 I knew I was like This body is not meant for manual labor This, honey. this body is meant to be um, a chill 100 million yes. Some people can like rake You know what I mean Like I can't do stuff like that So um, I, I knew very early But this, this Korean beauty supply chain store Called Feel Beauty Which they have uh, chain, It's a chain with stores all around New York and they are donating uh, aid to an organization called 100 Suits, which is a nonprofit in Southeast Queens that employs young black men and women to serve yes. their community. Mm -hmm. So Feel Beauty um, uh, has a 70% black workforce. And you know this. Beauty supply stores are huge in that because Korean, Sajangnim owns it. Yes. And then you hire black ladies. Yes. Because they talk hair to yes. other black ladies. A Korean, they know about the, the, the products. Yeah, and the need for it and all the care and all that. And so there's been this cohesion. It's almost how Korean restaurateurs and Mexican-Americans mm -hmm. have a cohesion of this kind of stitching. And yes. in the worst case scenarios, you know, they are very exploitative, exploitative and racist. Yeah. But... I will say from personal experience, my friend Fran growing up, uh, Francisco O, he, um, his parents owned a beauty supply store and they did really well and they had a great relationship with their mm -hmm. black and brown uh, employees. And it was like a family, you yes. know? My aunt had a nail salon and she had um, uh, Haitian nail workers mm -hmm. and you know my uncle would go drive them from work and to work and they would be invited to their like homes and to parties and stuff so like yeah. it does there has been evidence in my life of this thing actually working where we can see through race where we can be employer employee without this kind of like inherent political racial struggle right. um, but most of the times that's not the case so <laughs> Um, this company, Feel Beauty, is uh, committing to advancing black people to upper management. Mm -hmm. So to be managing stores and being district, you know, uh, managers and stuff like that. That's great. 
Yeah, and um, the so I'm just going to read you a quick quote that I found inspirational from Ron Kim, um, the Korean State Assembly member in Queens. Yeah, this was great. He was great. Yeah, he says, as an elected official, this is the fourth time I intervened to de-escalate confrontations between black and Asian communities, which resulted in strengthening community relations instead of dividing. Queens is known as, quote, the world's borough for a reason. We have a duty. That's true. Most of ethnic diversity ever is in Jackson Heights, Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a duty now more than ever to bridge cultural divides within our diverse communities. Black people are exhausted, battling oppression, ra- racism, uh, oppression, racism, micro and macro aggressions and COVID-19 all at once. And we are not taking it idly anymore. That's great. That is so cool. To be able to step outside of yourself and be like, look at our black brothers and sisters and how much they have to burden. Can we help them? And yeah. so, I, you know, I, we're gonna, I'm going to talk more about him when we do Kick-Ass Koreans, but I just thought this was a very inspirational story and something that you can do locally just to partner, just to do a little bit of help in your own neighborhood is, is enough. And if, if everyone gets inspired to do that, I think... I don't know. We could see some real cool change. So, I mean, and these are these are groups that historically are staunchly anti each other. Yes. Like who have like had genuine and long generationally, generationally yes. told, yes. do not trust them, do not trust them. Yes. Yes. Um, and like inter like from colorism on down from everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that this, this is happening is just really wonderful. As indicative, like of the kind of conversations that are happening inside of Korean American homes, I think at this point, which is good. Mm. Um, and, Cause like, I know my parents is, we've had that conversation. Um, my, cause especially after the riots, we had had it before. Um, and my parents having owned a beauty supply and like, you know, it, like the thing about it is oftentimes when you're talking about employee, uh, employee, employer, um, if you were a decent person and oftentimes you treat people decently. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, I mean that's, that's just like of, yeah. your brand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's true. So, You're right. You're and, right. And, and you know, and that's what I think we're. <clears throat> as long as people don't feel this artificial sense of fear. Exactly. That's where it comes you know? from. Is yeah. this like fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. being told to turn against each other? You're fighting for the same scraps. This kind of idea, this mythology is is disgusting. Of scarcity. Of scarcity, yes. Yeah. There's enough. It's just we need to give billionaires some pills. Yeah, we have to take it from them. <laughs> yes, yes. Not from each other. No, we have nothing. <laughs> we have to take it from them. Okay. And the um, only way to do that is to vote. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Get out there and vote, guys, please. Get out there and vote. Fucking register to vote. I did that today. I, I already oh, good, been registered, good. but I did my mail-in today. I did. I checked last week to make sure everything is perfect because I know they're going to come for me. <laughs> my Me and my big-ass mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, my, so I actually have been thinking about this. I've been saving this article for a hot second. Okay. Um, and it's, a, a, this is like a BBC article about... Um, about like about uh Tang and it's a Odeng place that ultimately um in, started in the selling budejige. Oh, oh my god, you're making me so hungry. Yes, because I know you fucking love budejige. I love budejige more than uh, anything. I think more <laughs> than any chige. That's your favorite chige. That's my favorite chige, even more than sundubu. Even more than uh, kimchi or tenjang. Yeah. Okay, I am a kimchi jjigae bitch. I know you are. Yeah. That's that's good, you yeah. know. But pude jjigae has an uh, is an emotional weight in, yes. in my life. Yes. It is like soju pude jjigae when I'm 14 years old, throwing up in the uh, in the dorebang. You know what I mean? Wow. Like that's yeah, the yeah. yeah yeah. It's it's cemented. Yeah. <laughs> pude jjigae also. I was looking at a picture of it and I was like, this is. Our tr- personality. <laughs> what do you mean? Koreans or you and me? You and me. Oh, <laughs> a what? hot mess? <laughs> yeah. Inconsistent mess? <laughs> yeah. Inconsistent. Yeah. Like there's just like randomly things Random. added for no reason. American shit. There's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's spam. There's shit that like American GIs brought over to. That's where it came from, Pudechige. Right. Right. Bar- so, Army so, barracks do. 
that's that's exactly what I think it's called the Korean. Uh, so yeah, Army Barracks stew, uh, Korean Army base stew. And for those, uh, I guess I mean so there's some Koreans that probably may not know what it is, but it is like the first. It's considered the first Korean American Korean American dish. Yes. Dish. Yes. So it has all the chikis, but then it has spam, which is like an yes. army. And sausages. Sausages. Yeah, they put ramen in there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, not like kuksu. Like, literally instant ramen. It's like the first, like... It really is, uh, um, (laughs) I would say, tragedy in a dish. Because... (laughs) But it's beautiful. It's delicious, though, right? Yes. And there's beans in there. Yes, there's beans in there. And it is born out of scarcity. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was born truly out of... Surviving necessity, necessity. It's trying to survive a really horrible Korean, the Korean War. Korean so War. there is a story that goes along with this about the woman that I'll be talking about. She, because she, the woman who, quote unquote, invented it, mm. is going to be my kick ass. But she, <gasps> she's the one that started this the original Budejige restaurant. What? Oh, yes. Budejige restaurant, as in yes. a restaurant that specializes in Budejige. It's supposed to be the first restaurant that ever served it. What? Yes, and it was an Oding part that was right outside of the base. Because, so in the 60s. Oh, 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 oh in Korea. In Korea. So in the oh, 60s. Oh, okay, thank God. I was like. Right. <laughs> no, in the I'm 60s, imagining someone in like Jersey. <laughs> anyway, in the 60s, go ahead. Most, I mean, I don't know, like your parents or whatever, but like most um, food or like economy kind of was being driven by the American army. Yeah. So. Everyone, all the Koreans were basically trying to do things for the Korean army or for soldiers. There's like a lot of the reason why so many, um, a lot of economic engine stuff was happening because of the army bases. Mm. So she was had a cart, an Odang cart, which is a fish cake place. Right. I don't know if you, I love Odang. I love Odang. Yeah, that's my Odang cook in the crisp of fall. There's nothing better. And just like taking off the the skewer. It's so good. So, like, a regular customer apparently asked her to take put meats into a spicy soup that she had. And there's no meat at the time because it's Korea. Right. And so that's what is supposed to be. This It's also the way that we've taken it on is compli- complicated because a lot of Koreans also have this, like, this is a, a soup born out of such tragedy. Yeah. Um. So this is a BBC article about it. They go into it. They talk about, you know, I don't know if you know about this rumor, but apparently when LBJ went to Korea in the mm. 60s, yeah. he apparently loved Budejige. Oh, wow. And they started calling it Johnson Stew. Really? <laughs> I mean, you know, this, this shit could totally be a lie because I sure, can't imagine sure. that white ass southern man being cool with Budejige. But um, but it has become like a source of both like public like uh, national pride. Mm-hmm. This is a very and it's so many of these things, especially in quarantine, are pantry staples. Yeah, there's nothing fresh in this jjigae. <laughs> yeah, even the kimchi is fermented. Yeah, like you're right. Maybe no... the green onion that you put on top. Maybe. But you do not. You do not need it. It is no. You don't need it. No, no. And Everything is of... either comes frozen or in a can. Yes, yeah. in a can or as a powder. Yeah, exactly. So, um, like a lot, and this article also details like a lot of the pantry, like these emergency rations that the South Korean government is handing out are basically the ingredients for budejike. Like it's everything. It's yeah, all yeah. of us, right? Yeah. But I was reading this BBC article about it and like, you know, listening to this like, I don't know, it's like kind of felt like white gazy. Mm. about like this food that is very popular you know it's a korean comfort food but can you believe it's so popular and why because it's american influenced yes and no but it's also like like it's white people commenting on the this phenomenon okay and um like you know, it's like it's written by an Asian, uh, a Korean woman. This article, but like she's writing it for to explain to white people. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's just I was just reading it. And I was just like you know, because it's so it's such, it's um, for whites. It's not yes, for us. Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. And, and I was reading this Vice article that I, I've linked to that 
talks about like sort of it's it's rooted in the shit that happened at Bon Appetit. If you guys are listening to it to the show and do not know what's happened at Bon Appetit, you are in the wrong place. Because if you are listening to the show, you know what the fuck happened at Bon Appetit. <laughs> you know what the fuck happened. All right. Okay, this is a self selected group. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. If you and truly don't know, go check it out. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. And it's basically there's this there's this realization. So they take um, various recipes at Bon Appetit on New York Times. Basically, most white driven food places take cultural um, foods like staples. And yeah. then they sanitize it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. W- like one of these examples was flaky bread, mm. which is like a flaky flat bread with which If you read it and you eat it, you're like, oh, this is basically a paratha. Right. Uh, or it's like a flat bread that's actually just like naan. Yeah. And so this is the thing. All over the world, different. Cult- this is from the article. All different. All over the world, different cultures have developed flaky rounds of dough, from paratha to malawa, um, and certainly more. That's something you'd never know from a name like flaky bread. <laughs> <laughs> as accurate as it may be, flaky bread can come from many cultures rich in culinary history. Mm. Flaky bread, in quotation marks, as a recipe, meanwhile, suggests no culture in particular. Mm. And this article very specifically talks about sort of what as as a lot of our recipes become more mainstream, everyone likes kimchi, everyone right. likes these things. You're start I'm starting to see these recipes pop up. Yeah. Like stuff that's like basically putejike. Yeah, yeah. That's like, you know, they'll call it like Korean sloppy stew or something like that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's they're basically disrespecting the game. But You're also, putting your stupid American stank on it. Yes. You're calling like, it freedom from it. Yes. And what does that mean? <laughs> because also there's people that are moving it forward. There are like Korean people that are like, as a Korean American, maybe we shouldn't only have spam in this budichike. Sure. <laughs> you know, even though it is the most important ingredient. Um, it truly is. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not... It's not culinary excellence. We're not talking about that. We're yeah. talking about a deep dish pizza. You know what I mean? Like yes. that's the equivalence of this comfort food. Comfort it's trash. Food. It's, it's trash. what you yes, exactly. Now it's comfort food. The fact that they call it like Korean sloppy stew. <laughs> I mean <laughs> It's funny. You it's know, funny. but I, mean, I, I made that up, but I'm just yo, saying. Okay. Oh, I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's an example, but yeah, it's yeah. like calling in like something bibimbap a rice bowl. Yes. Yeah, this yeah. Instead of saying bibimbap, yes. yeah. yeah, or they which don't means even say mixed pro-gobi. rice. Yes. Yeah. And like what that means as we continue to it goes through continual iterations, and even right. if it is being innovated upon by a Korean chef mm-hmm. who may not want to call it that. And this yeah. is in this Vice article. What I thought was really interesting is there's an economic reality of it. Is that Google results? Mm. Because these motherfuckers aren't going to look up budejike. Right, they're going to look up Korean sloppy stew. Sloppy stew. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have to. I'll be our interesting. Brb <laughs> making the website koreansloppystew.com. <laughs> yeah, or like you know, I guess like if you could, I don't know. Maybe there's a way to like pigeonize it where you could call it like budestu. You know? I mean, th- this is this article. Conglishify. Yeah, this article basically tries, basically, and I kind of come to the same place. This is like an ongoing thing. Mm. We're going to have to figure it out together. Sure. Um, yeah. And I think the largest point is that as long as we are continually respecting and acknowledging the tra- culinary tradition from which yeah. this may come. Yes. Right? Like, I think then, then it's fine. Yeah. I think, that's I think culinary is the last piece of culture. Food is the last piece of culture from that ethnicity that you can colonize. It, or it's becoming colonized. Everything else has already. Their music, yes. their style, their whatever. Yeah. You know, like, we're in a teepee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's all... But the, the food is very hard to do because it is passed down, right? Mm-hmm. Not until recently are we able to see, like, YouTube videos of fucking... Gordon Ramsay making kimchi, you know, yeah. like, yeah. which is like, I don't know. I guess like, sure, 
if you take kimchi and that'll make you treat a, one more Korean person nicer, go for it. <laughs> Great. Yeah, That's all I want. Make the kimchi. Yeah. That's care. all I want. Don't eat the food. And here's the thing. Food is so sacred to me yes. that if you eat the food and you hate the people, you should die from that food. Yes. That should that food should kill you. Yes. Either choking immediately or mm-hmm. a slow ulceric ulcer or cancer. Yes. You know, Uter- something yeah. because that is such a sacred thing. You put it in your body. It's nourishment. It's energy. And you're taking that and you're making it evil. No, 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 no. You should. Yeah. You should die from the food. I like that's like poetic. Yeah. Death from culinary theft. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it is a really interesting article that goes into there's one of the guys is a Korean guy who's writing a, a book. And as he's sourcing recipes, he's cutting kind of down to it where it's like, well, I want to honor what I'm doing, what I want to do and what I want to eat, which may just be pajun, but I can't just like have my mom's pajun recipes. Like these people have given me a book deal. Yeah. <laughs> like I got to You got to whip up something else. Something, something else. I'm a little like it's pajun but plus. So okay. and that's pajun but of, plus is fine, yeah. <laughs> I do pajun plus all the time. I know. I yeah. Who's doing just pajun? The prerogative of the pajun is the plus. <laughs> yes, exactly. The <laughs> pie is the default. What are you just gonna have chun? <laughs> no one's eating chun get the, get the by chun itself. Out of here, yeah. What the hell? I'm done with chun. <laughs> <laughs> pa is par, par, and then whatever else you put on top of that is icing on the cake. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, and it's yeah. always fun. It's fun. That's the fun. Yeah, you get to be creative. That's the yeah. whole point. You put your personality into it. It's when you and I were making those different kimchis. Like, yeah. that's the fun of, like, understanding the the iteration first so that you can play upon it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this way. It's, it's like even, jazz. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's, I love, that's my favorite part about cooking. Absolutely. And so this, this, this article was interesting, especially given the Alison Romain flame out. And the Bon Appetit crumbling <laughs> and all of these citing, like they cited so much stuff about how they the, the missed inequity. so many opportunities to teach, right? You're saying yeah. like if you, if they wanted to make kimchi and it's going to make you nicer to one Korean person, yeah. but imagine if they didn't call it kimchi. They didn't even do that because kimchi is easy to say and easy to uh, sound out. But imagine if it was slightly difficult and they didn't call it kimchi, they called it um, Korean cabbage or something like that only. Yeah. That would be... Uh, or not, no, not even Korean. Let's say they just called it... Just like pickled cabbage. Pickled cabbage. Spicy, Spicy pickled, pickled cabbage. cabbage. Not even oriental. No. No. Spicy, Spicy pickled pi- cabbage. Yeah, you're just stealing. You're just taking the thing and stripping all the importance out of it. Yeah. And there's no acknowledgement. The number of times our ancestor has said the word kimchi, you're yeah. taking that out of the iteration. And they're citing a lot of instances. Like, you know, Allison Romaine's very famous stew uh-huh. is essentially like a milkier china masala. Ugh. The yeah. flavor profile. It's like, and it was all stuff that I was recognizing as like an unwitting. And this is like, this is the sort you're of. You're stealing. Import- Yes, and this is the important work that food people have, like food recipe writers, especially influencers at this time. Like, I'm not saying that you as a white person can't ever make something that's not from your culture. You have no culture. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. Casserole is a culture. Yeah. Casserole, stop it. You're being mean. Casserole is culture. It's white culture. I'm saying that there's some, I'm sure, French sauces or something. I don't know. (laughs) Thousand (laughs) Island, bitch. You talk about cocktail sauce? Yeah. French. There's there's sauces. I know that they have sauces. And like. Oh, the French have sauces. French French people have sauces. The English have meat pies. Meat pies. I mean, I understand this is like things, but I'm. And it would be cruel to say that you can't do any of the other more delicious foods. Right, right. Um, Like, that's what England does. Like, England literally mostly eats Indian food. 
Yeah, exactly. Because that is their national curry is their national food. Yes, yeah. because oh, English food is nasty. It's disgusting. Disgusting. So they yeah. just were like, "Oh, we're gonna eat the good thing now." Yeah, and that's yeah. what they did. I mean, that's, yeah. I'm not gonna blame them. That's horrible. No. no, and there's plenty of white chefs out there making curries. Yes. Yeah. Or but is that probably. right? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, and, and I think it's like, but food is always meant to be shared. <sighs> You're right. We should be kinder to <laughs> the people who steal from us. But we this should, is an interesting. You know what? Article, when white yeah. people steal from us, we should go. What else do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what else do you want? You want more? How much is it going to be enough for you? I would say that this is an article in Vice called "When It Comes to a Recipe, What's in a Name." Look it up. It's very interesting. Great article. Sound off. Let me know what you thought. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. With that, we'll be right back with Kickass Koreans. I recently had a conversation with my mother about this and she had said, oh, well, you know, I never really um, pushed you towards creativity. I never really nurtured that or met that need um, because I didn't know what it was. So you can't blame someone for that. And I know she doesn't love me less because of that. Just because my parents didn't know that it existed or how the steps were to get to, to be in entertainment. And so I had to learn and teach myself and uh, kind of build that self-esteem and uh, pride and uh, healthy ego in that. All right, guys, we're back with Kick-Ass Koreans, y'all. Key! Yeah! All right, who do you got today? Her name is Hegi-Suk. Hegi-Suk. And she is... Um, the originator, there, I mean, there's a handful of like origin stories, but um, the most widely acknowledged one is the Odeng, uh, Odeng Shikdang, and its founder, Hegi Suk, is like believed to be the inventor of the Budejige. Okay, wow. Yes. That's a and huge, uh, huge credit. Yes. And she invented. You, That's invented. crazy. Wow. Yes. And the honestly, it's kind of crazy. I'm looking at her restaurant's version of it. It is nuts. And they have stuff on the side that you're supposed to add in, which is the best way to <gasps> like eat what, it. Like what? Like, like an egg or something? Cake, oh, the rice cake, cake the dog. Oh, my you God. add in separately because it's, it, it's like, I mean, it's good, clearly. Yeah. Um, But like, so her story is that she told the BBC in 2013, like, quote, back then there wasn't a lot to eat, but I acquired some ham and sausages. And the only way to get meat in those days was to smuggle it from the army base. We had to make do with whatever the soldiers had left over. So we'd make a stew with whatever came out of the base. And my recipe was copied and spread throughout Korea. This bitch went viral before wow. there was an internet. Wow. Huggy <laughs> Sook. So cool. That's Ajuma Power right there. That's, yeah, that's straight up Ajuma Power. That's straight up Ajuma Power. Oh, I see a picture of her. Oh, she's like straight. Oh, she looks like such a nice harmony. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this oh. is like she she survived. I mean, she opened her restaurant in 1960 and it's still there. Damn, and it's actually called Odeng Shikdang. Mm-hmm. Yes, where Budejige started since 1960. Yes. Wow. Let's get it up for her. Um, I don't know if she, she seems too old to have a Twitter, but maybe, I don't know, maybe she's having fun. No, she's uh, <laughs> Oh, she is? Okay. <laughs> rest in peace. Rest in power. All right. My uh, kick-ass Korean, you've, you've heard me talk about him before. His name is Ron Kim, at Ron, Ron T. Kim, at Ron T. Kim. Yes. Uh, his his uh, Twitter profile, he calls himself an anti-monopolist. Check. I'm into, a lawmaker. Anti-monopolist lawmaker. Already a fan. He's been endorsed by Bernie Sanders and AOC. So it's what we're talking about. We're talking cool. about this. Ron T. Kim, if you can do anything to tax these billionaires and just write the system for us. Just like, I know you're doing local politics in New York, but I believe in you. You are Korean <laughs> and you will never be satisfied, Ron T. You Kim. Can do anything. We believe in you. You can do anything. If I can do it, you can do it better. He serves in the New York State Assembly representing the 40th District, which is my district. It includes 
Um, Whitestone, Flushing, College Point, Murray Hill, and Queens. This is where I grew up. Northern Boulevard, that's all. Basically, that's Koreatown in Queens. Northern Boulevard is the longest stretch of Korean businesses, I believe, in America. Um, Even longer than L.A.? Actually, no, you're right. It's not. I don't think so. Anyway, LA is way bigger. But uh, uh, so a little bit about him. He grew up in Flushing, Queens. Hell yeah. Uh, he probably, we probably went to like similar or like maybe the same elementary school. But he went to high school in Riverdale. I went to high school in Bronx Science, which is right yes. around the street, yes. right around the corner. He also went to Hamilton College in Baruch for the master's in public administration. So he's a guy. He's a hometown guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a New York guy. He's from I mean, Flushing, Queens. All those places are within. Yeah, all of it. In the boroughs. Yeah. yeah, he stayed home, and he was like, "I'm gonna make my place better." And what better place to be in Queens? I mean, come on, this guy's like about progressive politics and anti-corruption. Um, he worked in John Liu's office, and um, wow. he also worked for the Speaker for the New York City Council, Christine Quinn, and also was a regional director for Elliot Spitzer and David Patterson, both governors of New York. Um, and he won recently a five-way Democratic primary on September 13th. Going on to defeat Republican Philip Gim, G-I-M. We have talked about the erroneous nature of a G-I-M, and it finally showed its face. We've been talking shit about people who use Gim as a last name. uh, Ron Kim beat Philip Gim in the general election 68% to 32%. Wow. What a fucking guy. This guy's my hero. This is a, a local politician. He's only, what, uh, I think he's a year older than me in 1981. This guy is like really killing it. And I don't know, a part of me is kind of jealous. I'm like, yeah, you're making real change out here. And I'm fucking sitting here writing comedies. So I'm, like, <laughs> 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 I'm trying to do it subversively, you know, like whatever. But he's actually doing the good work. So uh, follow him, uh, you know, hit him up if you if you live in the district. And thanks for being a kick-ass Korean. That's it. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.